Jupiter, it's me again. I see robots here for the Toys R Us report. This is episode number 11, and we got something for you a little bit different. A time-honored tradition. A time-honored TV tradition. What we got ahead of us is known in the business as a clip show. What we're going to do is take some of the best stuff we got, some commercials I've recorded, and we're going to throw it together. It's a holiday. I figured we all could use a little break, right? We could all use a little break. People are off having fun. People are off doing this and that. That's why you throw the clip show on over the little uh, vacation period. You know, don't want to waste some gold when nobody might be listening. But you also want to provide something for the people who are dedicated enough to tune in. So, let's get going. Clip number one, Retro Toy Roundup, Eagle Force. We'll be back with more of Batman, Superman, Aquaman after this. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Act like you know. This comic strip tells of the Eagle Force, stories you can act up with die-cast metal Eagle Force action figures, each sold separately. There's Captain Eagle and Talon. You can pretend K.O. is a judo fighter, Turk, a strongman, and Sergeant Brown, a demolitions expert. And this is the enemy, General Mamba. Destroy the Eagle Force! Head of Riot, plus Baron Von Jill, Beta Man, and Chuck Trooper, each sold separately. Captain Eagle, K.O., Turk, and all Eagle Force figures, each sold separately by Nigo. At my Toys R Us, there was the aisle of the good toys. There was the G.I. Joes and the Transformers and things like that, the things that everybody really wanted. And then one aisle over from that was the other toys, the rack toys, the bags of green army men, the things that were on clearance, the sun gold wrestlers, you know, the things like that. And I spent a lot of time over there because I'm – and this is even, even true today. I am always looking for a bargain. I want a toy bargain. I want to get as much as I can for my money. That's just me. That's just the way I am. But while I was over there one time, I discovered Eagle Force. Eagle Force was a toy line put out by Mego in 1982. The idea was that they were a crack military unit, a sort of A-team, if you will, a sort of G.I. Joe kind of group made up of the best of the best from different army units around the world. Eagle Force's opposite number was called Riot. And like all great evil teams, Riot was an acronym. It stood for Roving International Organization of Tyranny. They were, much like Eagle Force, a worldwide organization made up of the best of the best evil dudes. Kind of like you get a smattering of Al-Qaeda operatives and some ISIS members and you put them all together and make a super souffle of evil. Eagle Force was released by the Mego Corporation in 1982, which was right before the company unfortunately went under. So I think that fact is what is going to lead into my story of Eagle Force. One day when I was in the clearance aisle over at the Toys R Us, I discovered Eagle Force. Now, this was my first time seeing them, and I thought they were neat. And, you know, because of the unfortunate situation of the company, all the figures were marked down to about a dollar, which even at the time was a great, great bargain. So I was all in on Eagle Force. I bought every figure that was available. And I don't recall if it was the whole series, but... When I look at them online, they all look familiar to me, at least the initial Eagle Force operatives. And 
Not only that, I was able to get Eagle Island, their headquarters, which is a giant rock fortress in the shape of an eagle. Uh, you can imagine, it's it's awesome, and it came with weapon racks and guns and just every thing that you could want. It was an amazing place. At, at least it was at, to me at the time. I was very, very pleased with this purchase until I got it home. Now, here's where the fun starts. I got the thing out of the box, and this is, you know, I'm just telling you this off my recollections. This might not even be how it went down, but this is how I re remember it going down, so this is how I'm going to tell it to you. I got the base out, and the top part and the bottom part were connected by a series of pegs. And while trying to stick the pegs through the holes, I broke every single one of them off, and... That was the kind of thing. Do you remember this? You would sometimes go to your parents for help, and I guess it's just the stress of being an adult and the stress of living in the world. You don't you don't want to be bothered with kids' problems. And I remember telling my dad that I broke off these pegs and that I needed help. Now, the simple solution would have been to glue it, but for whatever reason, he didn't want to get the glue. He didn't have the glue. I, I don't know. You know, life is hard, and having a kid pester you with his toys is the last thing you need, so... It never got glued, it never got fixed, and from then on, it was just two pieces balanced together, which wasn't really the best the best thing for that. It would fall over. I would always, I would set it up with everything inside and all my guys inside, and then being a clumsy goofball, everything would get knocked over within minutes. It was the greatest time, the greatest fun. It's interesting. I had it for a while, and I was really into it, but... It completely left my memory. It left my memory until a few months ago I was at the flea market. And this one vendor that I see regularly, he never has good stuff. He has decent stuff, but never anything fantastic. But he had a box with a bag inside of it. And inside the bag was a bunch of G.I. Joe figures and also Eagle Force figures. They were all along the bottom. And when I saw them, it was that... I don't know if that happens to you where you see something that was important to you that you've forgotten and you get hit with this tidal wave of nostalgia. It's like, it must be like when somebody has a repressed memory and it comes out. It's just like, all this information right to the front of your head in the giant wave. It feels weird, but I like it. So he had the bag and I wanted the Eagle Force guys. I wanted the G.I. Joe guys too, but I really wanted these Eagle Force guys, but... Dude was just not going to deal. Uh, he wanted 60 bucks for the whole bag, and I, I'm not going to pay that. It might have been worth that on eBay, but when you go to the flea market, you just you don't want eBay prices. You want cheapy prices. I do anyway. I also I sell at the flea market, so I know how that goes. I give people cheap prices. The flea market is where things go that you're having a hard time getting rid of through other means. I want to thank the folks over at the Mego Museum for posting these commercials. Uh, I don't think I ever saw them before, so it was a real, real treat to be able to have them and have them available to add to this. So hop on over to themegomuseum.com if you get a minute. It's an invaluable resource for action figures. This is Eagle Island, Mountain Fortress of the Eagle Force. Over 40 pieces, including six Eagle Force soldiers made of die-cast metal. Battle stations! On the outside, it's a mountain stronghold with escape ladders and cannon. Go away! Inside, it's a command post with computer panels, radio stations, sleeping quarters, and lots more. Gun racks, weapons, ammo boxes, over 40 pieces in all. Assembly required. Eagle Island comes with everything shown. Spider-Man with Spider-Man.
Spider-Sense, battery not included. Turn the Spider-Sense activator. Red Dragon appears to go into action. Attach the web climber, flip the switch, and he climbs automatically. Energize Spider-Man. The motorized web, it pulls, it lifts. The Spider-Light to climb at night. The Spider-Copter sold separately with Spider-Sense panel. The power pack turns on the copter. We'll have to get the Red Dragon. Energize Spider-Man with Spider-Sense comes with communicator Spider-Copter sold separately from Remco. Do you guys go out on Black Friday? I usually don't. Very frequently, my wife has to work, and I don't feel like hitting these stores up by myself. I guess you could say I'm a little scared. I don't know. I don't know what would happen if she wasn't there to control me, if she wasn't there to hold me back. You see how these things get all crazy sometimes, and I'm afraid that maybe I would get involved with the mob mentality and just start smacking heads for a Cabbage Patch Kid. Not really. I don't think that would happen. I just... I really don't want to go out there by myself. That's just me, though. I usually just kick it at home, enjoying the post-holiday bliss. Anyhow, I think I might go out this year, but I think I might go out to Toys R Us on Thanksgiving. It's not a promise. It's not a guarantee, but I would like to get over there and report what I saw. If I can get away from dinner early enough, I'm going to roll down that way. It's at 5. 5 o'clock, I think, is when they open. So, if I can get done with dinner, get done with stuff, I might roll through. Anyhow... That was uh, Eagle Force by Rimco, one of my all-time favorites. And with that out of the way, let's move on to another all-time favorite. Back in the day, the Evil Knievel stunt cycle. Take it away. The king of the stuntmen is back. Evil Knievel, riding the Daredevil stunt cycle. That gyro motor sends him over 100 feet at top speed. He performs wheelies, jumps, and flips. Super Jet Cycle with its amazing blazing jet pods and fiery speeds. For a finale, the Straco Cycle. Just look for the eagle's head on the bike that goes so fast it flies like a bird on eagle's wings. He's the king. He's evil Knievel. He's ideal. And now, the Retro Toy Roundup. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging tough like the new kids through the commercial segment. The next piece of the show is known as the Retro Toy Roundup. The Retro Toy Roundup is an in-depth look at a particular retro toy, for example, the G.I. Joe Dragonfly, or maybe a particular retro toy line, for example, Mask. This week, we're going to be sticking with an individual toy, a popular toy from the 70s known as the Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle. This was a real popular one around my neck of the woods. I think it was a popular one around many necks of the woods. I had it. My cousin had it. Everybody I knew had one. Some people had the just a stunt cycle, and then there was a stunt cycle that had a red base. A lot of people had that one. Some people had the one that had the sparks in the back. This was a pretty popular toy. I don't know a lot of people who had any of the play sets, but as far as the motorcycles, it was like you had to have it or you were a total dork. Like you... Everybody was out in the street making evil jump over things, and if you didn't have one to hang and bang with the dudes, you were just going to be a total geek, a total nerd. And it's not like today in How I Gather, it's a little cool to be a nerd. Back then, being a nerd was the worst thing you could be. You were going to have, like, Billy Zabka karate kicking your chest. You would have just every bad thing you could imagine. Wedgies, swirlies, purple nurples, Indian burns. If you didn't have the Evil Knievel stunt cycle by Ideal, you were in for a world of... a world of inconvenience, inconvenience and minor 
physical pain. You probably don't lose a lot of hit points from a purple nurple, but the humiliation points are off the charts. Okay, let's take a look at some notes we got here. Ideal had the license for, um, what's his name, Evil Knievel from 1972 to 1977. And you can admonish me for forgetting Evil's name if you want to. I deserve it. The um, stunt cycle was the main item in the line. It was the motorcycle that attached to a crank, and you would turn it and turn it and turn it and launch him off on his way. That was the one that everybody had, as I said before, but they did make a couple other sets. Not even a couple. They made quite a few other sets. The one that really jumped out at me was the um, Scramble Van. The Scramble Van was really cool. It was meant to transport evil to and fro from leaps and other death-defying uh, situations. So it was a van that came with a mechanics area and little tools for Evil to work on his bike, as well as a ramp. So you had an official Evil ramp to uh, jump your stunt cycle over. I didn't have this. I didn't even know anybody who did have it. So I don't, I don't know if the accessories were as popular as the stunt cycle, I can't imagine that they were. And this is just based on the fact that I would imagine action figures and smaller sets sell better than the larger sets. If you do want to get one today, a scramble van, I mean, you can look online and you can find them for 30 to 50 bucks outside the box. And I've seen them sell for as low as 140 in the box. It's an affordable toy. So it could be that it was a bigger seller than I thought. And maybe there are just a lot of examples still around today. Or it could be that Ideal fashioned themselves a high quality toy so that... There's a lot, of, a lot of them left today. Either one is possible. If you want to get yourself a stunt cycle, they're cheap too. They're only like $30 to $50 in the box. That's not going to break the bank on almost any budget for a cool 70s toy boxed. I might actually look around and get them. I see, I see the various play sets occasionally at the toy show. When we were just at the Sacramento Toy Expo, I saw a couple carded action figures with their different costume sets. I don't know how much they cost. Sometimes I get a little nervous around um, vendors. I don't want to ask how much something is. I don't want to waste their time is really what I'm getting at. I don't want to waste their time for something that I'm more than likely not going to buy. The only reason I don't think I'm going to buy it, though, is because I think it's going to cost too much. So it's kind of a self-defeating prophecy in that I won't ask because... I think it's going to cost too much, and I don't want to ask because it costs too much, and I don't want to waste the dude's time because I know I'm not going to buy it because of how much it costs, even though by asking, it could be that it doesn't cost very much at all. I think that some people might call that a losing attitude, but I don't think of it that way. I'm not in it to lose it. I'm in it to win it, and that's right from the jump street. I think, though, that it might be – I'm just stopping myself from spending too money so I don't – ask for a lot of things that way. I don't ask the dude because what if he goes, oh, it's well within your price range. You should buy them both. And I'll feel like, well, I should buy them both. And then I won't have any money for the things that I need in life, such as electricity or water. I would hate for that to happen. I'd hate it that I spent all my money at the toy show and that we couldn't afford the water bill. Just for the record, we've never even had a problem with that. I'm just being a little silly. So the Evil Knievel toy line was fairly popular. They had a tie-in with Marvel that I'm sure did not hurt the popularity of the line 
what they would do is uh, they had these full-page ads for Evil Knievel on the back of comics. I'm sure you've seen them. I can think of at least four different ones that I know of, and each one had evil in some kind of an adventure or some sort of a stunt situation using the vehicles in the line like the stunt cycle or the scramble van or even later the uh, jet cycle or the dragster. Now if this had come out 10 years later I bet you we would have seen animated versions of these advertisements which would have been awesome but at the same time you're going to be losing out on the inherent 70s-ness of an, a Marvel comic print ad so you'd have that loss but you'd have the gain of seeing evil jumping over a canyon in an animated form. So, eh, it's a win-lose. I don't know how I feel about it. I think there's nothing wrong with how it is, so I guess I have to stick with the print ad, but it's still nice to dream anyway. The print ad spawned their own spin-off comic. It wasn't a typical comic store or news rack kind of deal. It was a in-store giveaway. I did not see this at the time. I was a bit young when this came out, and I did enjoy playing with it, but I don't have a lot of toy store memories from the mid-70s. I've read the comic online, though. It's about what you would expect. It's a longer version of the comic book advertisements that we have known from our youth and have learned to love in our hearts ever since. Okay, let's take a little break for a moment. Uh, engineer, cue up a commercial, please. Evil Ken, Evil commercial. Three, two, one, go. It's the Evil Knievel Show featuring the superstar of stunts. Here's Evil Knievel Scramble Band to start the show. And ripping up for action, here's our star. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing stunt cycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. Loop And he's not through yet. Into the dragster. Evil's super street car with built-in drag shoot to slow him down. What a hope! Sky Cycle, that daredevil death-defying supersonic skyplane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike with the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil. have a long and storied history. They were formed in 1938 originally as Ideal Novelty and Toy Company. And they, you know, they, they did some things, made some cool toys, some old school stuff. And then in 1982, the company was sold to CBS, who in turn sold it to Viewmaster. Viewmaster renamed the whole company the Viewmaster Ideal. And that company was later bought by Tyco, which fell victim to a merger and became part of the giant Mattel conglomerate that we know today. Over the years, Ideal made a lot of really cool toys, not just the cool Evil Knievel toys. They were behind that great Jaws game that everybody likes with the three-dimensional shark. They came up with the Magic 8-Ball. They had RoboForce, which is a personal favorite of mine, and I know a personal favorite of yours. They did Dukes of Hazard. They did some Pac-Man stuff. They were all over the place. They did have one toy that really... Uh, interests me. Let's see if I can find it here. It's called Gaylord the Walking Basset Hound. Let's um, let's take a listen to a little Gaylord the Walking Basset Hound commercial right now for one sec. Hold on. Actually, let's wait on that for a minute. We just heard that Evil Knievel commercial. So let's um, let's percolate on that and talk a little bit about the spinoffs that they came uh, up with. Ideal came up with, rather. They made an action figure for his son, Robbie. Robbie is someone you might know today as a Daredevil, he's out there doing his own thing. I think a few years ago he jumped over the fountains, uh, it, the Bellagio fountains, is that what they are in Las Vegas? I think he leapt over those. That's pretty far. I've seen those in person. They also came out, and I don't even remember ever hearing about this. They came out with 
a female daredevil who was much like evil, but she wore all pink. Her name was Dairy Daring. I'm looking at some Dairy Darings right now here on eBay. You can get her car. They have the same vehicles and the same idea as evil with the crank and the stand, but with her, it's a girl, so everything is pink. Still, though, really cool. You can get her car for $74.95 boxed. That's not so bad, really, because it's kind of kind of dope. Let's see, a loose Dairy Daring here for $26.95. Let's take a look at some of the completed auctions. That'll give us a better idea of what is really going on. Okay, here's a Dairy Daring for $12.99. They got no bids. Oh, here's her stunt cycle, but they call it a trick-a-cycle. That seems a little sexist, you know, um, calling her a trick. At any rate, you can get that for, it went for $31 plus shipping. That's pretty good. Here's a little packaged one with a mountain climbing outfit for 80 Here is one also for 80 a stunt racer outfit. She's pretty cool. I like her wheelie car, too. Here's one for $149.95. I've always, I'm always drawn to the female versions of characters. I, I don't know. It's not, I don't think there's anything to read into it. I just kind of like the, um, I don't know. I think I like the pink outfits. What can I say? I think that I'm not alone in feeling this way. If you feel the same way, um, send, a, send me a tweet to at robots with the hashtag girl version. Let's see how many of you other people out there like the girl versions. We're talking Batgirls, Wonder Girls, any sort of girl version of somebody who is already a dude. So yeah, tweet me at robots and write something with the hashtag girl version for all you weirdos out there who like the Dairy Darings and also the Wonder Girl Batgirl girls slash supergirls of the world. Here's a cool one too. In 1982, Ideal came back to the evil Knievel mold, but this time they made it a Spider-Man stunt cycle. It's a little rare. This might cost up around $200 if you can find one. I couldn't find any on eBay right now, which isn't to say that there won't be one tomorrow or the next day, but as of right now, this moment, there aren't any. It's really neat though. It's just like the evil Knievel one, except it's Spider-Man. And he looks a little Mego-ish. It's really great. If you get a chance, go poke around the internet and try to find a picture of one. You won't be sorry for long with that. Okay, so here is my personal involvement with the Evil Knievel stunt cycle. My cousin Tom used to live in the next town over from us. This was back when we lived in Illinois. We lived in Oak Lawn, and he lived in Burbank. We would go over there all the time and hang out. They had a basement rumpus room like a lot of people did at the time with the wood paneling walls and all that Atari equipment and whatever. On the other side, though, they had the boiler and the hot water heater and just all that stuff. And one thing they had that I still don't even really know what it is today, they had a concrete hole. It was a watery hole in the floor in the basement, the corner of the basement. Maybe one of you basement owners can tell me what this uh, corner hole is. So we had the whole basement dipped out with punching bags and Atari games, and they also had, like, a television. But, of course, we were drawn to that watery hole. We we spent a lot of time over there dropping things in it, and it seemed to be bottomless. So, of course, we devised the ultimate evil Knievel stunt would be to leap over that hole. There, The hole was in the corner, so there wasn't anything to leap over, per se. If you leap, you were going to hit the wall. But my cousin was insistent that if he came at it from a quarter angle... Did I say quarter angle? I meant like a corner, like if he came kind of diagonally, that evil would be able to jump right over it. 
I didn't think so. I still thought he would hit the wall and, and go down to a watery depth. He was still with it, and he wanted to try, and it was ultimately his evil Knievel, so we did it. We set up the crank, we set up a ramp, I think it was just a piece of cardboard with something underneath, and he revved and revved and revved and launched him, and he, just like I said, slammed into the wall, went into the pit, and with the weight of the motorcycle and everything, down he went, never to be seen again. I realized that just a couple weeks ago, I told a story of an action figure going down to Davy Jones's locker, and maybe that's just a reoccurring theme in my life, losing action figures to the sea. I, I can't think of... Actually, there is one more story where I did lose an action figure to the briny depths of the ocean, and I will eventually share that with you. It's one I'm saving up. It's, I walk by this park all the time, too, and I, I do actually look over the edge and see if maybe I can see this other figure. But back to the... Evil Knievel story. He was gone. He sunk to the bottom, and that was that for the day. We were so bummed. That was a toy we played with all the time. We had him jumping over wood piles. We had him jumping over Tonka trucks. We had him jumping over Star Wars dudes. We had him jumping over just you name it. Whatever was around, he was leaping over it, and now he was gone. I still feel the pain in my heart today. I still feel it. At any rate, that was enough for that day, and this is enough for the Retro Toy Roundup. This is Icy Robots. I will be back in a moment. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek Pride Hella hat. It's really up to you. Virtualdirtmall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Yay, Lord! Gaylord, the pup is full of tricks. Watch. Back up, Gaylord. Atta boy. Now climb, Gaylord. Up, up. Now fetch your bowl. Got it. Good boy, Gaylord. Gaylord, you look kind of crazy. You move kind of lazy. See what he'll do. Gaylord, when you pull the leash, he'll walk and he walk and he walk. Gaylord comes with a bone of his own. He's a wonderful toy. He's ideal. Gaylord, when you pull this leash, he'll walk and he walk and he walk with you. Hi, kids. It's finished. I've created a monster lab, and it's, it's too gross. First, you put monster flesh on their creepy little bones. Then pour brush remover into the monster lab and bubble lock their slab. Too yucky. The Monster Lab. Watch for time freaks and more gross creations so you too can be a mad scientist. Too gross. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, available on the Throwback Network. Hey, kidderinos, it's about all we got time for. I'm starting to feel the need for some lunch. I might go have, might have a cup of noodles. I kind of have a taste for that right now. Anyway, we're on out of here. We're going to head off into the sun. This is your boy, Icy Robots. Check me out on Twitter at IC Robots on Facebook at facebook.com backslash IC Robots over on the Throwback Network at throwback.net If you don't know, now you know. See you next Wednesday. <laughs>